Okay, good morning, everyone. Good Arab Shabbos. Uh, the series, we're back to it. It's not over yet. Alana, Mark Rothenberg, and Rachel Feiner, in memory of Alana Rachel's father, Israel Benyanka Feiner. I should probably hit him up for post-Pesach uh, series. Rangers need her for Shlema. But okay, we won't get all that out now. Let's uh, get into the parsha. You know, I mentioned last night in Shul, Sam, we missed you, but it was okay. I still remember the Omer. Achri Mos Kedoshim is very convenient for rabbis because most rabbis, the Shabbos, you just talk about Pasha's Kedoshim. Achri Mos, uh, even on Yom Kippur, it's hard enough to talk about. So I made a pledge this year. I'm going to talk about Achri Mos in the Shabbos boot camp. But we're going to start with something from Pasha's Kedoshim, and we'll see if we make it to uh, Achri Mos. So I'll tell you what sparked my thoughts. I, I was looking up a... Uh, school website this week. I had to get in touch with an administrator and I'm not going to mention what school it is. You may figure it out, but that's not my fault. Because it's a partial Lashon Hara. So even Avak Lashon Hara. And I'm not saying anything bad. It's right there. So, you know, they have so many different positions of administrators these days. Like the one who's in charge of sports, the one who's in charge of trips, the one who's in charge of transportation. I mean, I never saw so many administrators. It's incredible. And then I saw the... Uh, person who's in charge of discipline, right? That director of discipline. So how do you apply for that job, right? And then I was thinking maybe Shul should have a director of discipline, right? What exactly does that mean, a director of discipline? Who applies for that job? You know, what's your resume? I apply. So it reminds me, there's actually a story about Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. I don't know if it's about him, but they tell these stories about a lot of people. It's a good, beautiful story. He, was, he had a yeshiva, and he was looking to hire a mashkiach. What's the definition of a mashkiach? Mashkiach is really supposed to be mashpia. I know Rabbi, uh, in, in, in Beth Abraham, Rabbi Moshe Tzvi, he's called the mashpia. In Yeshiva University, they used to have a mashpia. It's a nice way of saying a mashkiach. That's the role of a mashkiach. So somebody was applying to be a mashkiach, and a mashkiach sometimes gets the bad uh, raps because he's the one but when you come into yeshiva, they do a tzitzit check, which probably isn't legal anymore. They make sure you're there on time or not. So someone applied to Yisrael Salantis Yeshiva and says, I want to be the mashkiach. He said, uh, why would you want to be the mashkiach? He said, I love to discipline students, right? That's, that's what I love. He says, a mashkiach like that, we're not looking for. You should work for the prison, right? In the yeshiva, we're not looking for someone like that. So I saw this week a director of discipline which I'm sure it's all love, and uh, it's not just trying to give him a little extra money. But I wouldn't want that job. So how does that tie into this week's Parsha? So let me give you a little background. We have a passage in this week's Parsha that's very difficult, and it's really, you have extreme debates amongst the Rishonim of what this passage means. This is in Parsha's Kedoshim, and then I want to show you something that I came across this week on this theme. And this is a good message for rabbis, teachers, principals, parents, spouses, any Jew to another Jew. There is a certain amount of uh, discipline that's supposed to go on. We're supposed to correct each other, if you call that discipline. We're not supposed to hit each other. That's a problem also. So the Pasuk says the following. This is Perikutas Pasuk Yudzayin. Lo sisnes achicha bovevecha. You shouldn't hate uh, your brother. It means over here, not literally your brother only, but your fellow Jew in your heart. I'm going to read you the way the Ramban reads it. So Get it out of your heart. A lot of people keep things in, inside. They suppress their emotions. What you should do is, Tell them everything you think. 
This is the way the Ramban seems to read. I'm not chashal nakin the Ramban, but I'm going to show you Rashi takes the opposite extreme. And therefore, you're not going to have any problems because what you're going to do is you have a problem with somebody, you tell them exactly what you feel, and then everything's going to be okay. If you look at the Rashbam, who more or less takes the same approach, you should correct the person for what they did to you, and then it's going to be peace. Now, that may have been true at one time, but, and I'm not disagreeing with that's the ideal. Maybe you, you correct somebody, you have a problem, and then you, know, you walk off and you have dinner together. It's almost the same of taking somebody to a bezdin, right? The Medrash tells us that the main goal of taking someone to a bezdin is so that there should be peace between the two of you, right? Have you ever seen that? Somebody goes to a bezdin, he wins, you know, $100,000 over the other guy, and the guy who lost said, I want to take you out for dinner. I love you so much, right? Because now there was a resolution. They'll never talk to each other again. So what's happening? In fact, uh, Rav Kalimer Zatzal is a great Rav in Youngsville, West Hempstead. So whenever I found out he was going to be Messiah Kedushin in Ketatara, I get the uh, I have to approve every rabbi. So I would come, just find myself in my office because I love to schmooze with him. And he was uh, eight, he, he was standing outside my office once, being being the aide for the. Why would they go into my office? Not in my office, in the bridal room, the aide Yichud room. And they used to use my office, but I walked in once in the Hassan Kala, so they switched it. So he, what did he do, Rav Kalmar? He was telling me about the Rav. The Rav told him this generation of Americans, now this was in the 60s or 70s, or maybe the 80s, they can't handle Musa. You know, they can't handle Musa. You know, giving Tawchacha is very difficult. Even the Gemara says, before we get to the Ramban, that this is one of the hardest mitzvahs in the world. And you should make sure not to give tochacha to a person who can't accept tochacha, because then you're going to end up uh, giving a worse situation. And then you have to make sure that you're the person who knows how to give tochacha. You have to be totally uh, objective without any of your own emotions. Very often I hear at a levaya, someone gets up, and again, I don't want to judge someone in their moment of grief. You'll see why I'm giving you such a long introduction. And they say, I'll tell you one thing about this person. Whatever was on their mind, they said, so is that a compliment? You know, I don't think you should say that at a Levaya. Everything on their mind. You know, just, you know how many prohibitions you could violate by saying everything on your mind? It's true, but also it says verbal abuse. What a, so you got to be careful before you compliment somebody. So what's happening over here? And we'll show you the approach of, of Rashi. So what is it when you have a problem with somebody, you just say it all out? Sometimes maybe it's better to keep it inside, unless, you know, or you have to bring in uh, Adam Berner, you know, as an excellent mediator to figure it out. So with that in mind, I saw something this week that really blew me away. There was a great Rav who lived, uh, I was thinking a lot about Eretz Yisrael, there was a great Rav, he lived from 1843 to 1905, and he, he's known as the Adaret. He's not so well known, but maybe he wrote over 120 Svarim, so we should know him. One of his most famous Svarim, is about Zechel Amigdash. She compares uh, Zechel Amigdash to Zechel Khurban. But we'll put it aside. What he's most famous for as being the uh, father-in-law of Rav Kook. And what's even more interesting, uh, it's somewhat tragic as well, is that Rav Kook's wife, who was his daughter, Batsheva, died a few years after the marriage. So you, you know what kind of nice guy he is? He was uh, there. He encouraged Rav Kook to marry his niece. 
So he said, listen, unfortunately my daughter passed away, let her marry my niece. You know, that used to happen a lot of times. And uh, he was the one who really encouraged Rav Cook to go into politics, to become the chief rabbi of uh, Yaffa. So he writes in one of his farm called Nefesh David the following. This, this blew me away and you'll see how it ties in. He talks about the mitzvah of Tochacha. So he would say, before he gave a drasha on Shabbos Haggadol and on Shabbos Shuvah, Hayisi Omer Mekodem. This is what I would say before. You know, a lot of people say it on Pesach, but really there's a practice among some Hasidim and mystics before every single mitzvah, they say, I discussed on a shir Pesach night that the Nod of Yehuda, who, for example, was, uh, he was very against people saying the L'shem Yichud. I'm not saying you can't say it, but I don't usually give you enough time to say it. You know, before Svirah Sahomer, a lot of people say this long L'shem Yichud. So there's no problem, according to the Nod of Yehuda, who's saying it. If you say it, it's fine. But after L'shem Yichud, there's a Hineni Mucha Mezuma. So the Nod of Yehuda said, what do you have to say before a mitzvah, which means I'm getting ready to do the mitzvah, that's what you do with a bracha. The whole purpose of a bracha is to get you ready. However, the Nod of Yehuda said, if there's a certain mitzvah that doesn't have a bracha, then you should say it. It's a good idea to say it. The certain mitzvahs that don't have a bracha beforehand. So we have mitzvahs being al-machavero, it doesn't have a bracha. Others... So listen to this. The Adaret would say, He wouldn't necessarily say it out loud, but he would say it. It's a little strange. He sounds like the guy who wants to be a disciplinarian, right? I'm going to give Musser over here. God, thanks for giving me this opportunity. I love you. Now, if the rabbi said that out loud, I'm out the door, right? I'm not interested. I, I speak for an hour and a half, Shabbos. I got a Shabbos For an hour and a half, I don't want to be berated. I, I get that at home, right? I don't have to come to shul for that. So you have to listen to the whole thing. He says, it should be the will of Hashem, that everything I say should be, you know, I shouldn't lose control, should be structured. In front of those people to whom I'm uh, addressing it. And I shouldn't, God forbid, offend anyone through what I say. So I'm supposed to give Musr, I'm supposed to speak in a disciplined way, but it's supposed to be in a loving way. And then he goes on to say, and I should make sure not to shame anyone, but at the same time, I should give Musr. So this is what the Adarit said. So I think this is the reaction, right? If a person is skilled enough, which could take a whole life to figure out, definitely as parents, rabbis, teachers, how do we find that right balance? On one hand, we give tochacha, but at the other hand, we don't do it in a way that's gonna create embarrassment or shame or pain. You know, many people are under the impression that you're not allowed to uh, embarrass people in public. That's true. You're also not allowed to embarrass people in private. It's just that in public, it's considered like murder, right? And according to Rabbi Yon, it's really considered like murder. You know, for example, let's say a guy's involved in, uh, he's a thief or he's an adulterer. I'm not picking anybody, uh, you know, out. You shouldn't give him that aliyah. It's not a great idea to give them. Now, there's two reasons. One, it's an embarrassment to the shul. You give in this guy, you know, everybody stands up uh, for the Aseris Hadibros, but you know, it's, pro- it's also an embarrassment for that person. You know, sometimes you have to do it. There's a harasha, a rub may have to call somebody out, but generally that's not the approach. So I want to show you there's an alternative, and this is the alternative that you find in Rashi, right on the spot. 
Everybody goes to the Rashbam and they go to the Ramban. Look at Rashi. Rashi says that's the interpretation of this Pasuk. It says you should give Tochacha. There is such a mitzvah. You shouldn't love it, right? You shouldn't love it. You shouldn't run to be the chief of discipline. And you shouldn't carry sin. What's the sin that you shouldn't carry? So according to these other Rishonim, that you keep it inside. According to Rashi, it's lotal ben as pun of berabim, that you shouldn't end up embarrassing someone. Rashi's quoting over here from the Medrash. You see the difference? So this guy is saying, what Rashi's saying here is that in order to give tochacha, you have to do a lot of checks boxes. You have to check a lot of boxes. Before you let it out, you have to make sure that you're gonna be able to do it in the right way. And that could take a lot, a lot of thought. And you have to know, how are the people going to accept it? How are the people going to... So this is a uh, big message. It's very relevant, no matter where you are. So you see that plane, the United Airlines, the guy, they took three hours, and uh, obviously they got real worked up. You didn't hear about the story? It went three hours, and they turned around three more hours. Go look it up. That's an example of discipline gone bad, most likely, right? Somebody lost, lost their cool. You never sat on that chair? while you're waiting for a drink. You know, someone sat on this chair of the uh, stewardess, you know, a flight director, and he wouldn't get off. I don't want to say what country he was from, but he lost his temper. And at the end, uh, they, they had to turn the, the, the plane away. So how we give discipline is a big thing. Okay, I have a couple minutes. Let me end, boy, the 810 guys know on Friday to stay away from me. Let me end with a beautiful insight from Parshas. We're gonna to go to Yom Kippurim. One of, the nice, one of the nice things about this parsha, Akharimos, you kind of have Yom Kippur without the pressure of Yom Kippur. You go home and you have a good lunch, you could have a nice Kiddush. But it's worth reading this parsha of uh, Yom Kippurim and why this parsha is, is chosen, some of these parshas that are chosen for the reading. So this comes from the great Nitziv. What does it say? The Pasuk says, Ki we're talking here about Yom Kippurim, Yichaper Aleichem, this will be a day of atonement for you. Now we're back into Parshish Kedoshim. L'tahir Eschem, to purify you. Mikoch HaTosechem. And L'fnei Hashem, Titoru. And before Hashem, you'll be purified. This is Perik Tezayin, Pasig Lamed. Now you'll notice there's a lot of uh, repetition. On this day, you'll be atoned to pure yourself from all your sins. Before Hashem, you'll be pure. So the Nitziv, the Hamek Davar, was a great rav. We know him, of course, as being the head of a yeshiva. He also has a parish on Chumash called the Hamik Dover. Two times in my life I had a privilege on a Thursday night to see the stipler. The stipler was the, fa- was the father of, uh, of Reb Chaim Kanievsky, Yisrael Yaakov Kanievsky. And both times he was learning, this, he was learning the Nitziv. So right up to his face, he had bad eyes and he couldn't hear so well. And uh, I interrupted him. I was more important. But that's what he was doing both times, learning the Nitziv. So Nitziv is big. The Nitziv used to give a parsha here every single day after davening. And apparently they didn't have big turnouts. Because, you know, who wants to go hear parsha from the Nitziv? They want to hear, you know, Gemarshir. But it became the Hamek Dover and the other Swarim that he has as well. So he says something over here, very interesting. The Gemara tells us, we're talking about Rabbi Akiva. They go into another room. The, the Gemara says about Rabbi Akiva, Ashrechem Yisrael, praise be you Yisrael. It's very famous, at the end of Masechah's uh, Yoma. Based on this, In front of whom are you uh, purified? 
and in front of, uh, and who purifies you, it's Hashem. So the way most people read this Pasuk is at the time of the Beis HaMikdash, and even to a certain extent today, the day itself, that's what it says in the beginning of the Pasuk, the day itself has special power. We obviously have to do tshuva, but the day itself has some special power. At the time of the Beis HaMikdash, if you look at it, it seems like tshuva was really almost minor. It was a miraculous aspect with the, with the Sar Mishdalech that we read about tomorrow as well. So the way the Nitziv explains Rabbi Akiva, very different than others, what's given over here is praise is not to the Ribbon Shalom, it's praise to Hashem. If a Jew wants to change, <clears throat> even if he's given a magic card of Hashem says, I'm going to forgive you, even if you don't do tshuva, a Jew's still going to want to do tshuva. Why? Because that's how we make ourselves better. You know, sometimes you could, they have these segulos. You, you drink this and everything's forgiven, whether it's true or not. But that's not the way you develop yourself. You develop yourself by going through a per- period of self-evaluation. So that's how the Nitziv reads this. You know why you're going to receive atonement? And why you're so great? Is because you come on this day to cleanse yourselves. You see the opportunity to come into a Beit Knesset, come into the Beit Samikdash, come into a Shabbos. We ourselves are looking for the opportunity. It doesn't just happen from Hashem. It's a partnership between us and Hashem. And then Hashem is going to give us a great assist. And this is a general principle we have. If we move towards Hashem, Shuvu Eli, then Hashem returns to us. So here we start off with Kedoshim, some great Bein Al-Machavero insights, and then the Bein Adam Lamakum that celebrates the greatness of every Jew. Amen. Yeah.